Pastor Chris's podcast. This is the glorious news of Easter. The good news is that Jesus Christ rose from the grave. Death could not hold him. Darkness could not overcome the light. They arrested him and they tortured him and they had a mock trial through the middle of the night and his friends all abandoned him and Peter denied him and Judas betrayed him and they crucified him on the cross and he died and they put him in the grave but the grave could not hold him. On Easter Sunday, he rose from the grave, the stone rolled away and Christ walked out of that grave and he was alive again and full of power and we celebrate this. Darkness can never overcome the light. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life, and He proved it. He proved it. People can talk big and make lots of big words, but Jesus was the only one that could prove it, who stood by it and walked out of that grave. Christians are an Easter people. Just as Jesus overcame the grave, Christians find hope and resurrection in all circumstances with God's help. Though this is not the way we would choose to celebrate Easter, that's okay. Because we're going to laugh, and we're going to sing, and we're going to smile, and we're going to be filled with joy, because we are Easter people. And nothing can stop us. If the grave itself could not stop Jesus, if death could not conquer Him, then neither can it conquer us. We will find a way. This is not the way we would choose to do it, but when we do it, As Easter people, we're going to do it right. And we're going to do it full of joy and happiness. And if we couldn't do this tomorrow, we would find another way to do it. We will always, with God's help, find a way to celebrate and smile because nothing can overcome God's people because of what Christ has done on Easter. Hallelujah. For nearly 2,000 years, people have been speculating, how can this be? They see these Christians acting so crazy when... And being so happy and so filled with joy when they should not be. Finding peace when there should be no peace at all. Finding happiness when there should only be tears of sadness. How is this that these Christians can do this? Who was this person, this Christ, that they worshipped? How can He have such a huge impact on people? How did He have such a tremendous impact on our world? How could it be? Who was this person? And they tried to come up with all kinds of rationalizations and logical reasons. And could he really have risen from the grave? That's not possible. How could that be? And yet we see the impact that his resurrection had. And there is no way to really make sense of it. And people still try to make sense of it. But if we really want to know about Jesus, perhaps we should just look at what this incredible man said about himself. What did he say? He told us exactly who he is and why he came and why it all matters. Using seven statements in the Gospel of John, he said, I am the bread of life. In other words, I am the only thing that, has, that can bring satisfaction to your soul. And he said, I am the light of the world, the one who, in other words, he's the one that overcomes darkness. Overcoming the darkness of death we see even today. And he said, I am the gate, the only way into the Father's sheltering presence. And he said, I am the shepherd, the one who knows everything about you and takes care of you and is even willing to lay down my life to protect you. And he said, I am the true vine. In other words, he's the one that makes our lives fruitful and sweet and fulfilling. And he said, I am the resurrection and the life. He's the one who rises from the grave and gives us eternal life. And today I want to share one last 
I am statement that Jesus made. And this is a very important statement. It's a very important message. You need to hear it. You need to take it to heart today. John 14.6, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. John 14.6. Now first of all, I want to look at that last part of Jesus' statement. Because we have to come to grips with this last part of the statement first. It's very important. Jesus said, no one can come to the Father except through me. And that's a very hard statement for some people to accept. America is a, is a country that was, uh, has been diverse from the very beginning. But it was a country that was founded on the ideas that we were created by God with certain in, indelible, uh, 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 certain rights that were there. And, um, but along with that is the assumption that we were created by God. We've always had the ability to have religious freedom and everybody can, can worship in their own way, but the assumption is there that, that we are who we are because God created us the way we are and even the freedom that we enjoy is a gift that is coming from God. But America has always been diverse and has become more and more diverse over the years, especially through the last century. And this is wonderful because one of the things I have missed so much as I have been going through this uh, isolation for the last month, is uh, going out and enjoying all the different kinds of diverse food that are available to us in our community. I mean, how many of y'all missing the Mexican food, right? And, and what about going out? I love to go out and eat sushi from time to time. And what about uh, Italian food and, and all of these different kinds of food? Uh, what a wonderful blessing to have this diversity. And it's not just food, although food, man, it's a big part of my life, you can tell. But also the diversity of, of thoughts and ideas and, and, and education and learning that we, we have always benefited from being in a diverse country with all different kinds of people coming together and sharing ideas and collaborating. And it has made us stronger because of it. And we have always learned that we have to give each other a certain amount of freedom to uh, worship in the way that we want each different person wants and think in different ways, and that is a wonderful thing. It is important that we do that. But along with that, there is a danger that comes that you begin to believe that, that all truth is relative, that there is no one right way or that other ways may not be the right way. Is truth really the truth? Or do, there is the danger that we could become like Pilate when he tried Jesus and he said, what is the truth? He wasn't looking for the truth. It was a, it was a statement by Pilate that truth is relative. Is truth relative? I'm reminded of uh, that great classic book by George Orwell, 1984. And the main character, Winston Smith, has been arrested and is on trial and he's being interrogated by the thought police. And he's struggling with this idea of whether truth is relative or not. And he says, two plus two equals four. And his interrogator, O'Brien, says, basically, truth is what we say it is. 
If we say 2 plus 2 equals 5 and we have the power and we can get enough people to believe that, then the truth becomes 2 plus 2 equals 5. And we have to ask ourselves the question, is 2 plus 2 4 or is 2 plus 2 5? Can they both be right? Is the truth relative or is the truth what it is? The truth in some things is relative. There are, there, a Kelly, my wife, there is more than one way to wash the dishes. There is no one right way to do it. I'll agree with that. <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble when I go home. Some things, there's more than one way. But with some things, there is only one truth. The truth is not relative. The truth is not relative with your soul. The truth is not relative with God. The truth is not relative when it comes to the purpose of life, not with eternity. Jesus is either the way, the truth, and the life, or he is not. You must decide what you believe, but what you believe does not change the truth. It doesn't matter if the whole world believes that he is not the way, the truth, and the life. It does not change the eternal truth of who Jesus is, because God is God. He is the great I Am. But Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And He said, He is the way. Now, you cannot be a Christian by default. What I mean is, you are not a Christian merely because you were born into a Christian family, or you live in a Christian community, nor is being a Christian simply adhering to a certain set of beliefs. Following Jesus is a lifestyle. In the beginning, <coughs> Christians were not even called Christians. The term Christian was not used until later. At first, people who followed Jesus and believed that he rose from the grave, were called members of the way. Because Jesus said, I am the way. And so they followed his way. They tried to live his way. Because his way was the right way. The Christian life is a life of action. Jesus and his disciples lived the kingdom of God. Everywhere they went... They brought healing and hope and mercy and grace and light and love. This is what it means to be a Christian. We live the way Jesus lived. We love God with all our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind and all of our strength. And we love our neighbor as ourselves. We listen to the guidance of the Holy Spirit and we do and say as He leads. Just as Jesus only did what God told him to do, so we seek only to follow God's will for us as well. Just as his disciples did. And this is the, the way it is supposed to be. 
It brings God's perfect kingdom to earth more and more and more the more that we live it that way. And as we live this way, we find healing and we find hope and we find incredible fulfillment because it is the very purpose for which we were created. And there cannot be another way. Jesus is the way. And Jesus is the truth. Now, it could be possible to do all of the right things but to do them for the wrong reasons. There are many people in our world today who have accepted that you should be kind and you should be loving and you should be good and you should be a good neighbor and a good citizen. And there are many who volunteer and give a lot to charity and some do all of these things without believing in Jesus. Every person, whether Christian or not, ought to be in incredibly and eternally grateful to Jesus because he so, fully, he so fully ushered in this principle that we are to love our neighbors so that even those who are not Christians still accept this beautiful Christian principle as true. So even if they don't follow Christ or call themselves Christian, they still try to be a people who are loving but he's the one who started it. He's the one who brought that truth to our world. And it is a dangerous thing to divorce the way of Christian living from the truth of Christian living. Because when you separate the way from the truth, in other words, when you separate the way you live from the reason why you live that way, your best virtues slowly begin to erode away. Sometimes it's not, it doesn't even take that long. We have seen at different times and different places in our world where uh, a people were, were a Christian people living a Christian life, but then when they separated why they were living that way from actually living that way, very quickly a society can erode away and do some very awful and terrible things. Because it's not long before you start asking questions like, why should I love my neighbor as myself? You might say things like, well, why should I care if COVID-19 kills some old person? Somebody has asthma or diabetes. I mean, I'm young, I'm healthy I have a good immune system and coronavirus isn't going to hurt me. I might get a cold, I might have a runny nose, but I'll be fine. Why do I need to practice social distancing? Why do I need to worry about whether my life and all of the events and things that I care about are disrupted? Why do I care about what happens to someone else? I'll be fine. Or you might think, why should I obey the law? If I'm cunning enough to get away with breaking it, and I'm not going to get caught, it will give me an advantage over everyone else, and I will get ahead of everyone else. I mean, if there is no God, if Jesus is not really the truth, we're just animals, and it's just survival of the fittest. Why should a person accept the foolish notions that Jesus taught? Things like, Love your neighbor as yourself. And the greatest love is shown when 
someone lays down their life for someone else. Well, if you don't accept that Jesus is the truth, that's just foolishness. Why would anybody lay down their life for someone else? Why would anyone do something that is selfless? If you don't accept that Jesus is the truth, then why follow Jesus' way? It might all just start to look like a bunch of foolish nonsense. But Jesus is the way, and Jesus is the truth. His truths have been admired by people from all over the world who practice all different kinds of religions throughout all different kinds of all different times in our world. These are not the words of a madman. These are not the words of a fool. These are the words of someone who is divinely inspired, who through his powerful words and his powerful living changed the entire world. And he has inspired, he has been inspired more than any other religious leader who ever lived. Could it be that these are the words of the Son of God himself? For that is what he claimed to be. He said, the Father and I are one in John 10.30. So you, if you accept that Jesus is the way, you should also accept and search and try to know the truth that He taught. And when you do, you ought to keep looking for that truth every day, seeking Him to teach you that truth, and He will teach you that truth, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. For it is a tremendously powerful force when you live the right way and know why you are living that way. Jesus is the way. And he is the truth. And Jesus is the life. For those who follow the way of Jesus because of the truth of Jesus, Jesus is also the life. We know that because Jesus rose from the grave, we too have resurrection power and hope in our life. We know that this body that we inhabit will eventually wear out. If it's not COVID-19 that gets us or cancer or pneumonia or something else, it will be something for all of us because these bodies that we live in are temporary. But we have the hope of eternal life. When death comes, it is not the end. We will live forever with God. And there will be no more sickness, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more death, no more tears other than tears of joy. But we're not just waiting to die in order that we can go to heaven and start real life. No. When Jesus says He is the way, the truth, he is also the life right now. Because when you begin to recognize that you were created by God with a purpose, and you start listening for Jesus to tell you what that purpose is, and in faith and obedience you start living out His purpose for you, you find, finally, you find real life. You start to really live in a way that you have never lived before. Because Jesus is the life and there is no more fulfillment, there is nothing more fulfilling in this life than living out the ways and truths of Jesus Christ. It is incredible. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And I want to invite you today 
to claim Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life for you right now. Because when you do, Easter takes on a whole new meaning. No longer is it just about candy and Easter egg bunnies and dressing up in a beautiful dress or a very nice suit. It's no longer about coming to church and seeing everybody and being in a place that is packed out. Although those are wonderful things, Easter is so much more than that. It is so much more than that. And when we discover what Easter really is, even if you take all of those other things away, we still have the joy of Christ in our heart. We still live with purpose and meaning. And nothing can separate us from the love of God, not even death itself. And so I want to invite you to claim Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life for you right now. Would you bow your heads with me and let's ask him to help us. Gracious Father, I pray for all that are listening to or watching this message right now. I pray, O oh Lord, that your Holy Spirit would consume them, fill their thoughts, fill their heart, convict them, O oh Lord, and encourage them, O oh Lord, and inspire them to turn to you right now. Help us all, O oh Lord, to see that Easter is so much more than what we ever thought it was before. For Jesus is the way, He is the truth, and He is the life. So Lord God, let every one of us accept Him as this and begin to find the hope and the life for all eternity. For it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Friends, I want you to cling to the hope of the resurrection today. I want you to, even in the darkness, even in the social isolation, even in the fears and anxieties looming around us, even in sickness, even in the face of death itself, the glorious hope of Easter is that Jesus rose from the grave and we rise with him. Amen.